Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Our Father, I just want to thank you for being here tonight. Sometimes we we are arrogant children at times, just like we were when we grew up. And our parents, they labor away for us. They worry about us. They provide for us, and we just take it all for granted. And we are the same with you if we are really honest about it. We come here every week, and... We expect church to be a certain way. There's stuff to eat. There's, it's warm in here with heaters. There's, but we just want to take a moment to say that we are really grateful for all these things that we can share. We are really grateful, Lord, and we want to be a church. We want to be children that really comes with grateful hearts before you. The amazing privilege we have to know and learn and read your word and discuss scripture tonight. What a privilege. Let us not be unthankful in heart. Let us not carry arrogance. We will lay it all down. In fact, Lord, we repent, Lord, of our arrogance. And we ask that you'll fill us with humility, Lord. Spirit of humility. Holy Spirit, come and work it in us that we may understand what is your words to us tonight. We just lay down our thoughts, our perceptions. And we give you a blank page. Come and do a mighty work in our midst tonight. And everyone said, Amen. We are busy with deeper. I call it part two because it's my part two. I had Beyond the Barriers part one and then Cole had a stunning sermon last week. Amen. And now I'm back with part two and then we will have the ever-present Vian Brown next week sharing the word. Amen. Who's excited for that? I'm coming. And I think the whole Brown family probably as well. Me. <laughs> awesome. In the beginning, before we started with this sermon series, we really asked, we heard this, this word deeper when we were praying at intercession. And we were just, we just knew after relationship month, we, God wanted to speak to us about venturing deep in the faith. And the first thing we heard when we discovered that is we, we agreed, a whole bunch of us, that this was not about being uh, more spiritual than someone else. It was never going to be about um, going deeper than you, <laughs> okay? Um, God is showing me stuff, therefore you should listen to me because <clears throat> agonesis is sure. Okay? That was never the heart, and I think tonight's sermon, if anything, speaks to that, um, to that point quite clearly, and it, it's, it's 
often more of a discussion about something that we really should take to heart um, as believers and also then obviously believers in this congregation. So I'm very excited about this. And I don't even care if I don't get through all of this as long as the heart of what God wants to say to us tonight just just comes into our spirits. Amen? I want you just to close your eyes and bow your head. And, and I'm just going to ask for a moment of silence. And I want to ask you just to invite God to speak with you. That's why you are here. Amen? And ask God that every word that I speak that does not belong in your spirit, that God should hinder it from coming in. You're allowed to do that. I'm giving you a minute. Amen. Psalm 16, verse 11. Same scripture that I started with, um, started with two weeks ago. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If it's one thing we know we take from scripture, it's promise of promised through the apostles right through the Bible, Old and New Testament, is those who dwell with God, those who stay with God, those who are in His presence will experience His pleasures. All right? That has got nothing to do with earthly stuff. This is not prosperity gospel. What it means is that God is and will forever be so much more than anything in this world can provide for you in your spirit. Nothing can give you the satisfaction that comes with knowing God. You may have nothing. Live in a mountain in Nepal and you can be satisfied. You may have everything and be very discontent. Are you with me? But this is the truth. You make known to me the path of life and in your presence there is fullness. The fullness is in the presence of God. Right, are you with me? I'm going to share a story with you guys and then ask a question or two about it and then just read a few passages of scriptures and navigate our way towards depth in the spirit. What does it mean to go deeper? What does it mean to grow in your faith? So last week, I went to Pochestrum. I had to preach there. And after the sermon, we had a time of praying with people and there was a young man that came to the front and he was visibly upset. Okay, this man was giving it to the facilitator that was praying to him. And I saw it's just a young man. He's just wanting to help this person, be there for him, pray for him. But this guy was like, and I thought, oh, this guy's coming straight to me after he's done with that person. And it happened that way. But, but, but I noticed, you know, this guy's frustrated. And I see his face and then his head hangs. And I'm like, okay, he come, he come afraid. And I can see it when I, when I notice it. I know what's going to happen here. And um, in any case, this, this, this person comes to me. Let's just call him Jerry. Okay, that's his name. Slim Jerry. Okay. And Slim Jerry comes to me. Nini Mari, Slim, small Jerry. Okay. I just walk by a marma. Small Jerry is in tears because, because this world is unfair 
and no one understands him. I'm like, explain to me, Jerry, what's going on here. He says, no, I get it. And, and he starts to list the names of very, very high-level Christian books that is out there by church fathers, guys like Augustine, Calvin. I mean, these guys, they've got incredible writings. It's, it's, it's matured. It's, it's great stuff. Go and read it if you've got an appetite for it. It's very, very good stuff. And, and so he dives into the, the, the works of the church fathers. Very deep work. He says, and I, I know all these books, I read them, I understand it, and let me tell you what, none of my friends knows the things I know. I am alone. No one shares, he's telling me here that no one shares my level of understanding of God, Ugh, and he cries, and I'm not kidding. I read these, I read the church fathers, my friends, they only read this charismatically, this book. they're not on my level. They're not on my depth. That's what he's saying. And he's frustrated to his core that he's so smart and understands everything and no one else understands. Something sounds wrong here. Even if you can't put your finger on it, you just know, you just know, this is not right. And maybe you can put your finger on it, maybe not. Now I must give advice to such a person. There's no chance he's going to take it, Okay. He knows everything. So the first thing I tell him, I said, Jerry, let me tell you one thing. You're going home alone tonight. I'm going back to my family and my life continues. Now you can think that I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about, but let me tell you what, you're going home and then you with your problems again. So let me share with you what I believe. And if you take it, maybe your life can change. And so the conversation goes on. And, and the reason I put it out there is I need you to pick up something on this man's concern because we're going to land on it in the scripture. I've covered it all. I understand all these things. No one understands me. I'm so deep, they're too shallow. All right? What is wrong there? I get it in church. It just comes in a different package. As a pastor, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. I'm new in town. Um, that is, I'm just first checking out your church. I'm just, I'm going to all the churches and I'm just, I just want to make sure that you are on the level that you can mean something to me spiritually, of course, because I've been to all the churches in this town. And let me tell you what I know, what it's about. So I'm going to come here and maybe, you know, visit the small group, check what you say, and then I'm going to measure. And if you, and you know what I want to say? Listen, I don't think we're going to get along very well. I think you should go to, and then I'll, I'll, I'll say a church name. <laughs> I think you should go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but there's something, in, and maybe we can't put our finger on it, but there's something that does not make sense when, as people, we often measure our depth. All right? Are you with me tonight? Let's get to the Word of God. The rich young man and the rich man, Levi. It's the first thing we're going to venture in. I'm just going to read about these two men. Speaking about Jesus. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. I know all these things from my youth. Probably a Jew. I know these scriptures. I know the Ten Commandments. I know these things. I've kept it from my youth. Yes, I know it. There's a certain depth to me, this man is thinking. And Jesus, looking at him, check this word. Or the, those two words next to one another, loved him. He stops, looks at the man, and he looks with love, concern. He's not mad at this man. He loves this man. And he connects with him almost, you want to say, eye to eye. And he said to him, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Isn't that amazing? Let's go back one slide. Check out this starts in verse 17. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran to him and knelt before him on his knees. What should I do? Sell all you have. Disheartened by the saying, verse 22, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, just keep that on the one side of your head. We're going to go to a different rich man. In Luke 5, story of Levi or Matthew. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi. Now, this man, Levi, probably, Matthew, very well connected with Herod Antipas, who basically ruled that region. This is like being connected with the who's who of this town, having full access to their scene, their business, their parties, their everything. This guy is bringing the tax to the big boss, and they are uh, like this, all right? He set up well, let me just say it that way. And sitting at the tax booth, and Jesus said to him, he said to him, follow me, same words. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. You see, he had the money to do that. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. With a rich young man and the rich man Levi, both men heard one man followed. Both men heard both men acquired knowledge. Maybe both read the church fathers, Augustine, Calvin. It's one thing to read. It's one thing to acquire knowledge. It's one thing to have all the arguments. I know these things as of my youth. Sit down and we can argue about all these things. 
and there's nothing wrong with knowledge. Let me tell you what, we'll get to that in a second. You should pursue the Word of God and not only read it, you should know it and memorize it the best you can. You should be able to navigate your way around the Bible. But here is the thing, if the knowledge of the Bible does not lead to following, the knowledge becomes an end in itself. And Scripture says knowledge puffs up, becomes dead. Both men heard, one man followed. Who's going deep with Christ? The one that actually leads his life to follow Christ. Who's the mature believer out there? Who's the mature people? Those who can, who can, who can rehearse Scripture if they also follow Jesus. What we are saying is we're getting so much through Bible school, through small groups, through pulpit. We must take the word of God. We're talking to us. We're not pointing to other people. We must follow after Jesus if we want to go deeper in relationship with him. It is as simple as that. We must follow. Following and obeying brings spiritual depth, not acquiring knowledge. Right? I study theology with two other gentlemen in this church. You must study the Word of God. But it is to inform, to inspire who, is, who Christ is so that you may follow. If you open your Bible... Because that is the end goal of the morning. It's not. It is to propel you into following. Are you with me? What you read, you feast on. And you walk in a direction, walking away from something else. And so you follow that day the best you can. That it is growing in depth. I want to read you another story. And then we're going to put the puzzle together. From um, also the gentleman and his questions at the other church the sinner and the church person is our other story read with me in luke 7 luke 7 36 one of the pharisees asked him to eat with him and he went into the pharisees house and reclined at the table the pharisees they knew scripture guys they knew it we sometimes we we've, we've got a maybe there's a culture saying a pharisee i didn't think a sinner listen these guys were the Jews educated, they knew the Old Testament better than a lot of the people that came to Christ at that time. They knew. They were the professors, okay? And, and, and they, what does a professor do? They profess knowledge. Okay? These guys knew the scripture, okay? This is a church person. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table with a Pharisee's house, she heard Jesus was there, she brought an alabaster flask of ointment. Some of you will remember this from the comeback. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, the hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would, not, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. 
Now, what I want you to see here, what's happening is this woman is coming. She's healing herself before Jesus. Okay, She's totally and utterly stripping herself from any any measure of self-worth to become nothing before him. She's crying on his feet, wiping his feet with her hair. She's healed him before him. The Pharisee says, if this man knew who she was, he would have not allowed her. So what the Pharisee is doing, he's forcing Jesus to heal before him. Because, because if he knew what I knew, if Jesus read what I read, if he only knows what I know, he would not allow this woman to wash his feet because he knows it all. He's read Augustine, Calvin. He is on a level, not even Jesus is there. And here comes this woman at the feet of Christ. And Jesus answered him. This man is thinking it and Jesus is answering his thoughts. Saying, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. Certain moneylender had two debtors. I'm just reading the scripture. One owed a hundred denarii and the other fifty. Five hundred denarii. You can't pay it back. It's too much. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them would love him more? And Simon the Pharisee answered, The one I suppose whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman, probably still washing his feet? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. One scripture on. Soon afterward, he went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God and the twelve who were with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, the same woman that cried at his feet. Same woman that was healed before Christ, broken, was the one he chose to go on ministry with him. This man puts himself in a position of death. He knows what it's about. It's a Pharisee. The woman comes in. He despises her. Jesus, we're talking about what is real depth, takes the woman who healed herself before him and takes him on a church-planting mission. Now, I want to talk about depth. I want to ask you, who do you want to take if you have to go and plant a church today? You, you probably, if I give you options, you've got someone that can speak very well on being humble or you have some, someone that really are humble. He's not here tonight, but my very good friend and our elder, his name is Carl, you know him. Now, if you want to see a humble man, you have a conversation with Carl. Now, whether he can speak on humility or tell what Augustine has said about humility, that doesn't matter. The thing is, when you are around him, you encounter humility. It becomes reality because he's yielded to God, so it's in his life. Amen? 
Do you want to talk to someone that's got all the scriptures about stewardship or do you want to talk to someone, take someone with you whose life are really surrendered to God and the testimony? You see, depth comes with following Jesus, not acquiring more and more knowledge. Once we follow, we grow deeper. Being yielded triumphs over knowledge every day of the week. That's my point there. Give me a church planting team of hearts that is yielded to Jesus. It'll change this world. Less arguing, more following. If you want a great example of being yielded, a man who went deep into the heart of God, Jesus tells a parable. Two men goes to pray. Remembers that parable. It's a great, great parable. Pharisee prays. He sees a sinner. And his prayer goes something like this. Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like that man. I, I, and then he lists, I do all these things. I obey all these laws. I'm just so glad I'm not like him. Thank you, Lord. Then you see a man yielded before God. He's crying and he's beating his chest. He's saying, Lord, I don't deserve your mercy. And Jesus says, now we're going deep. That is a man. And so the culture, the kingdom of God is upside down. We fight for our place being high. And then... Paul writes and he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who though he was with God, he stepped down and he became obedient. He humbled himself up to the place of joy and it turns the ranking order of our world around. So, I read Augustine. It's good, good to read those things. And Calvin, that's great. Can you pack the chairs? That's a different question. Let him become a servant. That is the place of depth. Why? Because you become like Jesus, who though he was God, came in the flesh and humbled himself even unto the point of death. Yes, you have a degree, and yes, you've been on so many trips, you've seen miracles, but can you wash the floor? She washed his feet with her hair. We're talking about going deeper. It's about entering a kingdom that works upside down from this world. Someone told me a testimony this week, I think Vessel, of a man in Sassel, a leader, one in like, I don't know how many people, two, two of Hundred more than a hundred leaders in Sassel. Only two people received possible reviews. It's a servant leader. He gets off out of his office. They don't even know who he is, and he starts to talk to the people. Serves them. He's a believer. He serves God. Asked them about their families, stuff, embodying Christ. What does it mean to go deep? It means to go low in heart, to yield, and to follow. That's where we want to go in this congregation. We're inviting you into that high calling 
of going low. The key to depth, therefore, is not knowing more about Jesus. It is becoming like Jesus. Listen, this is not rocket science. This is the easiest sermon I had to prepare in my life. But it is easy to put it on there, but to do it. <laughs> what does that look like in your marriage tonight? What does that look like in your office tomorrow? To become, to follow after. Amen? Check this out. Philippians 3 verse 8. We're almost done. We're going fast tonight. We're just dropping one big idea. Paul writes, he says, Indeed, I count everything loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He, Paul actually did exactly what Levi did. All right? It just happened on the road. He was on a mission his whole life, backing off the same people. Boom, he's going to go and sort the believers out on the road, followed Christ, died for it. Okay? For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. He's writing from jail. And count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. I'm just keeping that one verse. You can read it for yourself. That I might know him. All right, here it is. I want to read about him. I want to read Augustine and Calvin. I want to read, I'm just saying those names against very smart people, smart books. My point is just, there's nothing wrong with knowledge. Firstly, read the Bible. Okay? I want to know him and the power of his resurrection that I may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death. Why do I want to know him that I may become like him? That is what it means to go deep into God. It means to become less. It means to serve. It means to emulate. It means to copy after Jesus. Now for them, those sufferings was very explicit beatings in prison. At the end, he got crucified. He said, please don't crucify me like Jesus. I'm not worthy. Turn me around. Crucified this man upside down. Okay. Now, it might be that someone sitting in this room might one day okay, suffer physical harm for following Christ. It's not out of the picture. Are, are you with me? It happens. As we are sitting here, Christians are being hurt for their faith around the world somewhere. That's why I say we should be very thankful for where we are. But even if you think about to share in his sufferings, and, and I'm not watering down the scripture, but just hear me out here. When you follow after him, there will be some kind of a suffering that you share with me. For example, let's say Jesus speaks with you and he says, I want you to go on missions. That's his word to you. You say, yes, Lord, I will follow. So you go. Now on missions, day two, something went wrong and you've got no food. Food's only coming tomorrow. So now you guys are hungry. And as you are sitting and you're thinking of Christ and you're saying, Lord, 40 days in the desert? 40 days? I wonder how it must have felt. Now you've read about Christ, but now you are building a relationship. 
I'm so hungry. It's been one day. But thank you that you are here. You've went through it. Following brings depth. Are you with me? So you start to honor God with your finances for the first time. And that's minder uit het, en die laaste week, en ons net reis oor. He said, Lord, you know what, it feels like I've got nothing except your favor on my life. Now you can read about Jesus, or you can relate to him, and it happens in those times of, I call it suffering, because it is, because I mean, you create yourself jammer, okay? Now you become close. You've read, you've followed, and he's led you into a desperate situation. <laughs> and you've got him to relate with. And so he says, follow me. I want you to follow me. And I want you to make disciples. And, and, and the road splits for hundreds of people. So now I want to become Christian debaters. And these people, they become followers. All right? You become a follower, and you're like, now I'm going to gospel share. And they're going to go and say, listen with John, will you come to my church? And he says, you're mal. You're in every case a sect, you hear from you, mal kerk, okay? <laughs> okay? And so you go away into the bathroom. If you're a girl, you cry. If you're a guy, I don't know what to do. But you say, Lord, how you must have felt... <laughs> When you spoke to those crowds, and it said, and many of them followed him no more. He said, you must, be, you must have a part of me. I want you to eat my flesh, drink my blood. If you want a part of me, you must be one with me. And it said, many followed him no more. They turned their backs on the Savior of the world, and they walked. And there you are in the bathroom. You shared your testimony with this person. He's told you, you're crazy. And who do you have to relate with? Your king. And that's where you grow in depth. That's how you felt. Now, Lord, can I ask you for strength so that tomorrow, when your Holy Spirit leads me to share again with another person, that I will be strong. And even if it takes a hundred people to testify with, if there is one sheep, it'll be worth it. There is no growing deeper without obedience. Smart arguments don't impress me anymore. I've lived as a Christian for 15 years. It's in the life, in the following, where those moments where Jesus occurs, where you really grow. I'm not impressed by brains. I'm impressed by obedience. I have so much respect for people that follow after Jesus because I know how hard it is at times. It draws me into a relationship with him. I want to be their friend. I want to hear from them. He's leading us in that direction. Are you with me? I, I saw a great photo on Facebook. I don't know who of you saw it. It's, it's a guy standing in a room like this and he's all alone. And then it says, me and all the people who said they'll stick by me forever. <laughs> and it's only him. And I thought, that is a good one. I'll tell you what. Listen, let me give you advice. I haven't lived a long time, but I've just seen a few things, okay? As you follow God, 
I'm, I'm just using missions. I'm not pushing missions here, please. The mission team is full, okay? I'm just, just a great example. And you struggling to get that money together for missions, and now you must fast a few days for missions, and you must use your leave at missions so hard, and you look, and there's the other guy that's also going on missions with you. Those are the people who'll be in the room when you need them. Because they've been trained by the Holy Spirit not to count themselves more, but to lay their lives down. And so one day, you'll have people that stand around you. Those that have generated the real depth of God. It's where we are going. It is a journey. Right? Now, our perception often is if someone's got it together and they all sort it out, this is a great leader. I want to be like that person. I'm telling you what, there's people in Nepal who's got nothing. They don't even have a shirt. They've got something to cover private parts and they work in the fields that are better leaders than businessmen we have in this town because they're following after Christ. If you follow after that man in the rice fields, you'll probably learn more about life. Following after Jesus is where our growth lies. So here's what we do. We dive into the Word of God, and we read the best stuff we can when we have time, only to make it our own, and to walk out when we close the book and become what we have read. Are you with me? If we can go to the next slide. Grow deeper with God. We have to move from knowing to becoming. We have to move from observing to yielding your life and following his example and leading. We don't have time to say, We can't be observers, bystanders. We need to become followers of Jesus. We don't have time to talk stories. We need to follow. Become like him and enjoy the journey. And so tonight, I just want to pray for us. My prayer is just that God will speak with you just on your next step of obedience. Just not, not your whole life, not everything in the next 10 years. Just your next step. Because you can only go far, as far as your last step of obedience, okay? You can't start obeying on something else. He has spoken, <laughs> all right? So sometimes you just need to wind the clock back. Say, God, what did you say to me? Why am I here? Some of you feel like you're stuck spiritually, all right? But your spiritual setup, it looks the same. It hasn't changed. Okay, so go back to God, go to the Holy Spirit and say, where have you spoken where I did not obey? And just take that one step, it will probably be something so easy. But in honor to God and with joy and, and whilst just saying thank you, Lord, you just take that one step and you'll see your spiritual life just flourishing as God starts to lead you, you take a step. He leads you and you become a follower. Amen? Awesome. Let's stand up tonight. You know, like earlier tonight when I prayed here in front, I really want you guys to, to come to a place where you 
with boldness. Enter into a relationship with God where you can take control, where you can pray. We come, everything in this world is spoon-fed, all right? But when it comes to your faith, it's something you must enter in, all right? You must enter in there. You must take your next step of obedience. Often I am seen, I am seen as the head of... Yeah, it, um, it's okay to laugh in church. Amen. You must do it. It says God dances over us. When he thinks of you, he exp- expresses himself. You know, we can become so rigid and boring. Amen. So God is just having fun with us. The setup, the, it's the, our food team are pulling all the electricity with the urns. But we're going to give you great coffee now. That's why. Okay. Now, you know what? We can become so serious when God is just sometimes full of joy over us. Now, there's a woman. She's on the floor before the feet of Jesus. And then somewhere, somewhere in my life, I was told that this is how I must be. Like the man who said, what is this woman doing here? You know, we, we can be so weird. I think God thinks that we are weird. You know, we're not relaxed around him. He loves us and he says, Father, not commander in chief. Father, you know. And he's just inviting you to enter into that space. And, you know, enjoy, enjoy him. Let go a bit of your seriousness. Not even God takes you as serious as you take yourself, you know. Just sometimes smile and just enjoy it. But here's the thing. He wants you to step in. He'll help you. I mean, he'll put his hand behind you and, and move you along. But we come to church and there's the idea that I'm the headmaster of the service center. I'm going to give you what you need and then you're going to be okay. And you won't. If you don't, connect with him for yourself you will not be okay that marriage will not heal that breakthrough will not happen you must connect for yourself and so what i'm doing is is trusting that there's just a place for you to do that that's that's all so so let's just pray and i want to really pray for you guys i really love you god loves you a, a lot more And um, Father, I want to just thank you for these people 
who you are calling to follow. Not to just know about you, but to really walk after you, to, to pursue you and become like you, to embody you, Lord. And it's a costly uh, walk. It's, it's, there's those moments that we spoke about, those suffering moments when we wonder, why am I hungry or why am I struggling to come out or why am I rejected? And, and then we find you there and then we realize this is not a storm from a devil, this is a storm from you. So that we can discover the one who speaks to the storm and this so good, so good. We desire none other than you. So Lord, I'm not going to even going to ask for a response tonight. I'm not going to ask people to lift up their hands. But Holy Spirit, you just speak with each and everyone right now. And I want to encourage and cheer you on to your step of obedience. Maybe he spoke to you today. Don't wait two months until you discover that you should have just taken the step today. Trust him. Take one step forward. He loves you so much. Start to move in your faith. Becomes, become mobile. Follow after. Even if you, don't be scared that you take the wrong steps. It's easier to turn a moving ship than one that's standing still. You get going. You follow after. Lord, you be with your people this week. You be the wind in their sails. And let them experience fellowship with you Lord I thank you just Lord for there's some there's some seriously smart people in, in this building people that you've gifted intellectually but what you are saying is you've gifted them that they might serve better and follow more clearly you do that work in the name of Jesus Amen